Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And a good Tuesday morning to you. Welcome to your June 13th. It's 11.07 here. Doug Wagnerian for Jan Michelson on News Radio 1040 WHO. Hey there. Uh, glad to have you along with us uh, today at 1.30. As you heard Wendy Wilde say, we will be having the opening statement of the Attorney General of the United States, uh, Jeff Sessions. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein testified at a Senate hearing earlier today. He's the acting AG in the Russia investigation since Attorney General Jeff Sessions recused himself during the hearing. Democratic Senator Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire asked Rosenstein about recent reports that the president was considering firing Robert Mueller, the special counsel, in the investigation. And uh, here's the exchange. As I understand, Mr. Rosenstein, in this matter, you are actually the one exercising hiring and firing authority um, because Attorney General Sessions is recused. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And at this point, have you seen any evidence of good cause for firing of Special Counsel Mueller? No, I have not. In addition, there were uh, some other questions in the, between uh, represent, excuse me, Republican Senator Susan Collins. Uh, specifically, she asked Rosenstein about the Special Counsel law and the Special Counsel itself. Has the president ever discussed with you the appointment of the special counsel or discussed the special counsel in any way? No, he has not. And second, if President Trump ordered you to fire the special counsel, what would you do? Well, Senator, I'm not going to follow any orders unless I believe those are lawful and appropriate orders. Under the regulation, uh, special counsel Mueller may be fired only for good cause. And I am required to put that cause in writing. Uh, and so that's what I would do. I'd, if there were a good cause, I would consider it. If there were not good cause, it wouldn't matter to me what anybody says. Very interesting. We'll see what happens this afternoon. What do you think is going on with this? Is this uh, pretty much, is, or, I mean, is, is, uh, is the Senate actually going down a road that's reasonable here? Did Donald Trump, as the President of the United States, bring this on himself as far as all of these uh, hearings and is this just a smokescreen for something else? I'm curious what you're thinking. 284-1040 to get in touch with us here in the last half hour. Doug Wagner in for Jan Michelson on News Radio 1040 WHO. Uh, appreciate you listening. Know that you know that you're out there and you can get in touch with us anytime you want. You can find us at whoradio.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and also on the iHeartRadio app. Take us with you by uh, just Go and download it. iHeartRadio app. There's over 100 million registered users. You can take uh, me. You can take Simon. You can take Jeff. You can take Van and Bonnie. You can take all of us anywhere you want, anytime, and uh, pop us up on your smartphone and listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, I'm thinking at this point that you've got the Senate specifically. Not so much the House, but the Senate is just chasing after these things. And I just can't figure out why. 
they are chasing them. It, it, I mean, it, it makes absolutely no sense why they would be chasing at them, chasing after them. Uh, because what's necessary is to have something solid, and there's nothing solid with regard to this. It's all innuendo. It's all rumor. It's all non-factual. I mean, it's all okay. I'm going to say it. It's all a lot of it. Not not all of it. There's a lot of it that's just flat out fake news. And part of the problem is that the large corporate media, they have not, nobody's been able to hold them account to account except for people like me, like Jeff, like Simon, like Jan. Nobody's been able to hold them to account for the massive, massive, massive mistakes that they've made in this entire thing. I mean, when I'm talking about massive mistakes that they've made, I'm talking about the kind of mistakes where one day they say something, the next day it's proven to be false, and the retraction doesn't even get any traction. The retract, and in fact, they don't care. Truly, they, the, the corporate media is no different than the progressive left in the idea that they could care less if there's truth behind something. All they're going to do is, uh, I'll give you a really good idea, President Obama. Uh, he promulgated all of these things, these executive rules or these, these rules through uh, his departments, the, the, the cabinet departments like EPA, okay, uh, like Department of Labor, uh, Department of Justice, all these different rules that they put out that were just based on what they wanted to do. The bathroom rule, okay? Um, the clean air, clean water rules, they were promulgated. All these things, they were just based on what they wanted to do. They weren't based on law, and they knew that here's the deal. They said, you know what? We're going to be able to pull this off because nobody from Congress is going to push back on us. And if they do, the media is not going to report it. And if they do push back on it, the media is going to report it. They're going to say that um, the media, that this specific person or these media outlets, they are uh, homophobes or they are for pollution, water pollution, air pollution, things like that. That's the way that they work this thing. And then they had a second portion of, of all of this. The second portion of this is that by the time these people who upon whom the rules have been dropped by the time the case that they bring forward gets to a conclusion then the rule will be in effect and they will all be immediately be punished because they will not have been under the guidelines that the federal government had put out there which is interesting because that's been upheld in at least once in the past. But then what about the things that are reversed? And, and that's what the, the, the Obama administration didn't care if they were reversed because they just kept on pushing forward. They were pushing forward on the little sisters of the poor even after the Supreme Court said, no, stop. Your religious test is, I mean, you can't do that. You cannot do that. They pushed back on them no matter what because that's, what they wanted to do. That was their thing. That was their idea. They wanted to just push around people. They wanted to make sure that uh, they wanted to make sure that people around um, business owners, farmers, anybody like that, anybody across the United States, they wanted to make sure that there was, how do you say, um, they were going to move forward with these ideas whether they whether anybody said they could should or not because they were just going to push them they you want to talk about being using the government to bully that's exactly the whole thing i mean uh i mean really this this is the using the the opportunity to to be to to bully everybody 
and it's just absolutely not necessary. Uh, Rod Rosenstein, while he's at the Senate Appropriations Committee, he's not just a one-trick pony about there. Uh, he testified and spoke about the murder of two correctional officers in Georgia earlier today. He said that an attack on any law enforcement is, attack, is an attack on all law enforcement. I learned this morning about an incident in Georgia uh, in which we understand that two correctional officers were murdered in the course of transporting prisoners uh, in Georgia. I talked with the Marshal Service Director David Harlow this morning, and we have committed all federal resources uh, to help catch those fugitives uh, and hold the perpetrators accountable. Our thoughts are with uh, the victims and their families uh, and in support of the law enforcement personnel who are working on that case as we sit here today. An attack on any American law enforcement officer is an attack on every American law enforcement officer and, this- and on the principles that we all believe in. And the search is on for those two escaped inmates in Putnam County, Georgia. They shot and two, killed two guards, Matt Cook reports. Investigators say that inmates Donnie Rowe and Ricky DuBose murdered the two Department of Corrections officers before carjacking a green Honda Civic and escaping. The inmates were being transported during a work detail early this morning near the town of Sparta. The inmates reportedly somehow took control of the transport bus and then killed the guards, Christopher Monica and Curtis Ballou. A manhunt is underway. Matt Cook, NBC News Radio, Atlanta. Now, on Tuesday, Vice President Mike Pence visited the Department of the uh, Health and Human Services. This was earlier today. He spoke to employees about health care. Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price also spoke. He recounted a trip he recently took to Liberia, and he praised the department for its work in helping treat Ebola patients there during the outbreak that began in 2014. I can't tell you how moving it was for me on behalf of you to meet some of the Ebola survivors in in Liberia. Uh, These are uh, individuals who are alive today. In, in no small part due to uh, American generosity and ingenuity and passion uh, and caring. The, uh, let's see, we have the Affordable Health Care Act that was passed by the House. The Senate is now working on their own. They're basically, they've gutted the whole thing and they're starting over from scratch. It'll end up going to conference committee, odds are, and we'll hear more about that as the weeks and months go on. I know that that's something that people wanted, like right off the bat, right out of the box, Unfortunately, that's not at all what's happening at all. Uh, that's not what's happening with this as far as uh, anything else goes. And before we head uh, to a break here, Japanese inventors are hoping to release a flying car before the next Summer Olympics. They've been working on a vehicle called SkyDrive that can fly at 33 feet and up to 62 miles an hour and hope to release it by the 2020 Summer Games. The one-seater will have three wheels, three wheels, four rotors, and will use drone technology the project is funded by a local Tokyo nonprofit called the Cartivator Project. The United States, United Arab Emirates, Germany, Netherlands, and China are also trying to design a flying car. Interesting. Well, a uh, flying car would get the vehicles off the roads, and you won't, don't have to work on infrastructure if they're not driving, right? Americans for Progress Policy Director Mac Zimmerman will be joining us uh, after a quick break, and we'll wrap up the show with him. He's got an idea of how infrastructure can be rebuilt in this country without using a single new dollar. We'll check in with Matt. Mac coming up here after the break. Doug Wagner in for Jeff Angelo on News Radio 1040 WHO.
Doug Wagner in for Jeff Angelo and for Jan Michelson today. Thanks for listening along on your Tuesday, June 13th. Really warm and humid one out there. Make sure you have plenty of uh, good liquids. Now, yeah, some bad liquids, too. You can do that as well if you'd like to. But make sure you have plenty of good ones. Max Zimmerman is joining me right now. He is the policy director for Americans for Prosperity, and he joins me on the Newsmaker Line. Mac, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us. I, I read the story. I don't know if you heard it going into the break about the Japanese companies amongst the others that are looking at a flying car. They would really like to debut one uh, by 2020 in the Olympic Games that flies 30 feet, 33 feet off the ground and flies it up to 62 miles an hour. Now, that would ease the infrastructure on the ground. That would take some of the burden off the roads and streets, not only uh, here, but, you know, everywhere. But it would just uh, put another infrastructure issue out there. You had an, an op-ed, a column, in where you envisioned an idea where President Trump could take care of the infrastructure needs of this country without spending a single new penny and i i almost want to say that's crazy but i'm gonna let you explain it first (laughs) yeah yeah i mean look there's um uh as is often the case um you know the first impulse that you get from from politicians in washington and frankly in a lot of state capitals too i mean this is a familiar refrain that we've been hearing in recent years um is to ask is to ask motorists to uh to dig deeper first uh, to pay higher taxes, um, you know, hey, we've got this crisis, we need mm-hmm. more money, we need you to pay more at the pump. Um, but the reality is that there's a lot of inefficiencies in the current transportation funding system um, that ought to be addressed first, and that could actually generate um, uh, quite a lot of money uh, for infrastructure spending um, on things like highways. Um, uh, first being that um, an end to, to what we like to call uh, highway fund diversions. Um, so everybody fills their gas tank, um, you know, pays 18.4 cents a gallon on that federal gas tax, every gallon that you pump into your tank. Well, we all sort of assume that that money is is going into building better highways and expanding our capacity and improving safety and mobility. Well, in reality, about 20 percent of all of that gas tax money that we're paying into the system is being diverted to pay for things that don't have anything to do with highways. Um, You know, we're talking about things like wildflower meadows and medians, you know, you're talking about things like transportation museums in some cases, and I'm sure your listeners are aware of some of the crazy things that congressmen have come up in that regard in recent years. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, even in some cases where the money's like, sort of spent in a way that's sort of related to roads or, or at least transportation on uh, on things like big transit systems in huge cities, um, you know, the Census Bureau's own numbers um, reflect that more people walk to work in America every day than ride a train. So in some respects, it would actually make more sense to subsidize Reebok sneakers than, than <laughs> this expensive train service. I'll go um, for the No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, if they just ended just those diversions that I'm talking about, that pumps 20% mm-hmm. more money into highway spending and makes uh, what they call the Transportation Trust Fund solvent through the next decade without raising a single penny in gas taxes, just doing that. And there are other areas where we can make improvements. As well. Yeah, and we've only got a few minutes left, Mac. One of those areas, a couple of those areas are, number one, the Prevailing Wage Davis-Bacon Act uh, from 1931. I mean, that's this is I mean, really, it's, it's, what, 80 years old? Should it even be in effect? But the other thing that really comes to mind here in Iowa is the Project Labor Agreements. And... Uh, now, it's in, what makes it interesting in Iowa is that former Iowa Governor Terry Branstad, now ambassador to China, got into a very short row with Cedar Rapids Mayor Ron Corbett, who is going to be announcing probably his intent to run for governor coming up on the 20th of June. 
whereas the mayor would have loved to have project labor agreements in effect here in Cedar Rapids. The governor at that time said, not with our money, you won't. But you say for both of those, Davis Bank Act and prevail in, in the project labor agreements, get rid of both of them. Yeah, I mean, look, um, a lot of times you get federal money that gets sort of mixed in with state and local money on a mm. lot of these projects, joint projects. Um, and what you're talking about, the Davis-Bacon wage mandate and the project labor agreement mandate, um, just to boil those down, those are sort of um, those are provisions that boost the cost of infrastructure projects because they build in giveaways to union labor. Um, the project labor agreements sort of lock out non-union labor from bidding um, on some of these projects and makes it, um, uh, you know, you end up in a situation where you have you're not able to hire the best bid that gets the most economy and the most bang for the taxpayers' buck. Um, and Davis Bacon, which has a history in racism, which was designed to keep um, uh, African Americans trying to enter the workforce out by mandating um, uh, what's called the you know the union prevailing wage to right. get money out of their hands. Um, you know some of that racist history has been swept away, but in many respects, again, you're you're getting into a situation where you attach a mandate to a highway project that forces the taxpayer to pay a higher cost um, for a project than they would otherwise have to pay, and it restricts competition. I mean. Really, what we ought to be trying to do is expand competition um, so that the taxpayers can get more asphalt and concrete for our gas tax money and, and put a little bit less money into the bank accounts of union executives. All right, 30 seconds left. The dollars are one thing. Give me an idea, an actual road miles, just exactly how much all this stuff would save. Give me an idea of that, would you please? I mean, you're talking tens of billions of dollars. I mean, they usually do highway bills over— How, how many miles of road, though? Give me an idea. How many miles of road? I don't, I don't actually have the—I I don't have the number in front of me um, mm. right now but it's i mean it's i think you might actually have it in front i of actually it. do have it in front yeah. of me. i just wanted you 1200 miles of brand new urban interstate uh yeah. 11 million dollars per mile to construct the six lane interstate so hey i really appreciate your time max uh, mac it was really good hooking up with you again thanks for calling in and we will be talking to you again in the future um have a good tuesday would you yeah thank you and let's get those flying cars amen amen brother max zimmerman americans for prosperity doug wagner in for Jeff Angelo and Jan Michelson. And the big show's next on News Radio 1040 WHO. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.